Please be seated. You get to get after a little bit this morning. I want to take a moment to welcome all our guests and visitors who are here maybe for the first time. We welcome you uh, to St. John's. Uh, if, if, if you're local, and by local I mean anywhere in the world, we want this to be your church. And I want you to come and be a part of it and, uh, and know Jesus here. Know Jesus in and through what God does here at, in St. John's. The scripture today uh, that engages us is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. And it's a story of, of two older people who waited a long, long time. And uh, from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom, of the, the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your soul also. There also was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel in the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I hate to wait. <laughs> I mean, flat out, I hate to wait. I get the heebie-jeebies knowing that I have to go to the DMV to get my real driver's license. Everyone says, make an appointment. It goes really quickly, but I hate to wait. I hate to wait for things to turn in life. I'd like for life just to be laid out perfectly. Aha moment after aha moment, you pick them up, you put them in your sack, you pick them up, you put them in your sack, and it all just works. And it's on the, like, like, like linear timetable. And you go through the calendar, through the line of days, and it just works out. I just think, I just think that would be so nice. How long do you think you can wait? How long, if I'm quiet, how long before you're uncomfortable? Should we see? 
with some of the training I've done to be a good listener and do spiritual counseling with people, I can sit for a long time. I can sit for 15 or 20 minutes and wait. But it's painful. Because you want to say something, you want to do something, you want to engage, you want to, you want to make it happen. For men who are fixers, we see the fixing and the solving of the problem, and we say, why wait? Here's the answer. Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey, it's how it works. Screw the screw and make it happen, fix the thing. But waiting, and depending on what you're waiting for, some of it's simple and some of it's really, really hard. Simeon and Anna waited a lot of years. I love the kind of the guts of this story. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, righteous and devout. The Spirit had said to him that, that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah, the Christ. So Mary and Joseph come into the temple and he grabs the kid. Not a good nursery program. He's not operating according to the proper procedures that we have in St. John's in Orange. Then he says this beautiful prayer. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Eyes have seen your salvation, which have been prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Just for curiosity, how many people grew up like Lutheran, Lutheran, read hymnal? Yeah, there's a few of us. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, right? And you knew that church was five minutes from being out. (laughs) One more prayer, benediction, we're out. Two verses of the last hymn and we're done. This is where that canticle comes from. From a man who waited for decades and decades and decades. Till finally a little couple came in with a little baby. He takes the baby in his arms. He looks at that baby. And he sees every promise of God the Father. Delivered, holding in his little hands. Wrinkled, tired, spotted. He waited, and he saw the salvation of the Lord, the one who was promised from the Garden of Eden, the one who God led the people out of Egypt to to, to, to preserve the bloodline, and David and Solomon and the prophets. He waited thousands and thousands of years, God did, to, to bring forth his son. And Simeon and Anna waited decades and decades until finally they saw the promise of God. In the little boy who came from Nazareth with Mary and Joseph. And his aha moment, his aha moment took him 60 years. And on it even more. What are you waiting for? And I don't mean what are you waiting for to get moving. I mean what are you waiting for? Some of us wait, 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 and we we wait on silly stuff. If you're a fan of a specific team, you say, you know what? In the back of my mind, Pastor, I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting for my team to kind of get there. Well, fans wait longer than others. (laughs) The Chiefs waited 50 years to get back to the 
Super Bowl. I was five going on six when Hank Stram and Len Dawson led the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. And they waited and waited and waited. And honestly, my heart to yours, it's just a game. It really, in the scope of the world, doesn't mean anything when it's done and gone and over. It's just a game. But there are things that are worth waiting for that are powerful. The Old Testament reading today from 1 Samuel. The Old Testament reading today, they waited and waited and waited for a child. And then when, when the little old couple had their child, they gave Samuel to Eli the priest and said, we consecrate our child to the Lord. People wait and wait and wait. And they go through painful moments as they wait. And they wonder, are we going to be able to have the baby? Is the baby going to be here? What's it going to be like? They wonder, what's wrong with me? Why isn't this working? And then finally, finally, waiting weeks, months, years, the doctor says, you're going to have a baby. And even then, there's pain in that waiting because of how it goes. And you hear the heartbeat. Then you see the scans. The baby gets healthy. And instead of looking back and saying, man, that weight was just excruciating, we look forward. And you say, you know what? The baby's on its way. It's healthy. And the waiting is not as bitter or sharp. Some things are worth waiting for. I have permission to share this picture from my daughter-in-law. And that's our grandbaby. And as parents, right, as parents, you have to wait. And you want to fix it, and you want to make it right. But I'm telling you, it's worth the wait and for God's timing to do, to do its thing. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is there a person in your life that you've said, I have to reconcile this relationship. I have to make this work. For some, it might be a parent. And you were raised in kind of a broken home. And I don't mean broken like mom lived in one room and dad lived in another. I mean broken like there was stuff that went on that broke people's hearts and broke people's souls. Are you waiting for that next step in your career? And you're saying, you know what, if I can just get from here to there, life will get so much easier. Are you waiting for an addiction to break in your life? And you're saying, if I could just find a supportive community, if I could find a supportive person, if I could find a sponsor, if I could find something to help me with my hurt, my habit, or my hang-up, then goodness gracious, I would be free. And I would have a sense of relief that would change and transform the whole trajectory of my life. It's worth, worth waiting for. 
And as Christians, we wait not with a sense of despair, but with a sense of expectation, like Simeon and Anna did, that God is working, that God is doing his thing. I did a funeral last Saturday for a 30-year-old rock climber who fell a 1,000 feet. And I've had my heart on Psalm 121 for the last probably three weeks. I look to the hills from where does my help come. My help comes from the Lord. He does not slumber or sleep. He does not let your foot slip. The Lord watches over your way. He watches over your coming and your going here and now and into eternity. And Simeon and Anna held on to that promise. They didn't wait in emptiness and despair. They waited in hope that one day God would do his thing and there'd be the baby in the arms. And I don't know if Simeon had that prayer written down or on a PowerPoint slide or something. I think he had it in his soul. And when he looked at that baby and he saw that God was good and that God was active. There it was, right? My wait is over. I can go in peace. Lord God, you kept your word to me. I'm your person, Lord. And you're my God. Christians wait with expectation that God would act and do His work, because as he's operated in the past, so is he operating today. He sent Jesus as a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for the people of Israel. He sent Jesus as a light for the world. The aha moment for Simeon and Anna put the light on Jesus, who down the road would preach a sermon. And he would say, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world, the light that no darkness will overcome. A baby in the hands of a prophet and a prophetess would become the savior of the world. God would work through Jesus' life, through what he did and what he didn't do, what he actively picked up and fulfilled, and the sin that he avoided. And God took Jesus and put him on the cross for you and me. Not as some sort of something to wear and and, and high-five God, but as, as the Redeemer of all people, a light to lighten the whole world, so that in our times of waiting, we can look and say, He did it. He didn't quit. He didn't stop. He didn't disengage. Rather, the Lord kept His word to a couple of people in the temple, and to humanity. The light of Christ is upon our hearts, watching over our lives, delivering grace and peace. I hate to wait. The longer I get, the older I get, the better I am at it. My favorite way to cook is to smoke, and the motto of every smoker is, low and slow. I've got a pork roast that's on the Traeger right now that's been on the Traeger since 9 o'clock last night. And I'm not pulling it off until after, well, my son's probably home pulling it off now, but that thing's gone like 14 hours. Boom. <laughs> and quite honestly, a pork shoulder or pork roast is gross if you don't go low and slow. The older you get, Typically, you've waited for a lot of stuff. 
And God has built patience into your soul. As we wait, we wait in faith. We wait in faith, connecting to God in a, in, in, in a setting like this. Simeon and Anna never left the temple. How about that? Never. We've got people a little bit like that at St. John's. We throw them off the campus at like 9.30 at night. We're like, okay. Our worship life is so critical because we're connected to God in the moments that we have here. You made the best investment in the hour and 15 minutes that we spend together than you make in any other thing that you do all week. Because as you wait, you wait in faith, and faith is nourished and incubated through the word of God, through the community of his people. And as we do that, we grow together, right? Your word has been fulfilled, Simeon said. It's not just an intellectual knowing of the word where when you get to heaven, you can pass the multiple choice test that's there. It's about holding that word in your soul. The word that reminds you that he will not let you stumble, that he will watch over you, that he will guard your way, that he will protect you, that as you wait, you're not alone. If you don't wait in the dark by yourself in a room, you gather together in a worshiping body in the community, in a church, and you find encouragement, support, and love. And we share Christ. We share Christ as we wait in faith. Because one day it's my day to talk about a grandbaby and one day it's yours. And I find hope in your story and you find hope in mine. And in the giving and the taking of community, we share Christ together. The last best place for community in the Western world is in the church. Because what we hold in common in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of the world, is more important than the affiliation of any football team anywhere ever in the history of humankind. What we hold in common in this time is unique in the history of the world because we hold that faith, the faith that held Simeon and Anna, faith that God continues to work. And we wait in hope. I love the definition of hope is faith that looks forward. Instead of saying, well, this stinks and I don't like this and that's bad and I'm sick and tired and all that stuff. Hope is that little voice that says, you're going to get there and it's going to be all right. You don't have it now, but it's close. You're going to make it. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you. It'll be all right. It's faith that looks forward to the expectation of what God is doing. Every day, Anna and Simeon looked in the temple courts and they said, nah, today, maybe, today, maybe that child, no, that child, no. Get up to sleep, go to the temple, today, that, and then finally there it is. And their hope was rewarded. And it wasn't rewarded after 10 seconds of waiting. It was rewarded after decades of waiting. The promise of that picture is beautiful. Jesus says, I am the potter and you are the clay. What I love about that picture is the dirty hands of the one who shapes the pot. Or God reaches into the wet, dirty parts of our lives. And over the course of the lifetime, through aha moments, 
He leads us to where he wants us to be. Reminding us that he does what's absolutely best for us. Waiting's hard. But we wait in faith. And we wait in hope. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, on a moment like a morning like this, I can just preach forever. Um, so grateful for your gospel. Grateful for the music that's filled this auditorium this morning, for hearts that are united, for hearts raised in love for you. And, and we pray, Lord, for those who are waiting and, and struggling, Lord. Maybe their weight has become bitter. I just pray that you would intervene, Lord, whether it's through your word, through a song, through the encouragement of a friend, through, through a donut hole in a cup of coffee after church, and someone says, hey, love you. Help us be that community that waits together, that expects good things from God because God has delivered good things in the past. To be connected to you, Lord, to grow in you, to share life together, and along with that, to be people of great hope, an indomitable spirit, that we never quit, we never give up, we never think the worst. We, we always put our hope in you. Allow us that grace in Jesus as we wait together. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.